Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. I just can do it now. <laughs> I know. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yes, it is very hot, Michelle. I I'm think... going to tell the survival story of doing this podcast because I'm melting. It's so hot. <laughs> I know. I mean, we live in Oregon, so you only will suffer two weeks out of the year. And then you'll be fine. We're in the fucking two weeks right we, now. <sighs> it is we quite are. warm in here. I feel I'm it just is. sweating. And, I know. Ugh. We can't have any fans or windows open, so we're just shut into a room. And I know. What we do for you guys, listeners. Right. Fuck all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in the Ooh. nicest way possible. <laughs> but what'd you make for us? We have really cold, delicious drinks. I don't even care about it anymore, Caitlin. Not at all. <sighs> Well, I found these Harry Potter drinks. <laughs> Have yes. you read Harry Potter? I read the first two and then gave up. I watched the movies, though, oh, if that counts. No. I want to murder everything about you. What? No, it doesn't count. Oh. You miss all the nuances. Oh. What house are you? I think we know that I'm Hufflepuff. Come I on. am too Hufflepuff. I wish that I was Gryffindor, of course, Why? obviously. If I'm going to be in any house, it's going to be where Harry Potter is. But if I know myself at all... Most likely, I would have been like, Hufflepuff takes all the rest. Anyways, <laughs> what's in these drinks? My God. <laughs> okay, so I saw these. These were the Tipsy Bartender. I saw, it was sort of a version of this, except for he made a slushy, and now I'm regretting not making a slushy. Right. So to make the slushy, we would have frozen the cream soda, but I just used cream soda. Oh, okay. So it was a little cream soda, a little butter shots, and a little vanilla vodka. You're set to go. And then we uh, use the jar to whip the whipping cream mm-hmm. again, where you just like shake the jar. So it was like a little bit of whipping cream, vanilla, and a little powdered sugar in there. Ooh. And then we topped it, the cream soda with that, and it's fucking delicious. It is really tasty. Oh my god, if you like cream soda at all, it's so good. Well, it tastes like the butter beer from like Universal. Universal. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I was hoping for. I've been missing Universal. You know, right? Oh, I just want to go on a vacation. Seriously. It's not at home. All right. So let's jump into it. Fine. I know. Okay, we'll go through this fast. No, you can take your time. But just know I'm suffering the entire time. Just know she's like dripping sweat. I have to sweat. I just drooled. God. Michelle's a hot mess. Hot mess. All right. All my makeup is on... The fucking my shirt, not on my face. Okay, but listen, this this is worth it. This okay. story. Ooh, that's alright. Okay. This woman, her name is Joy Andrew, and she is a badass. Ooh, Joyce Andrew the badass. Yeah. No, all right. Joy. Oh, Joy, not Joyce. Yeah. I apologize. Joy Andrew. Joy Andrew yes. the badass. Yes. Okay. So, Joy was born in 1920 and grew up in North London. Oh, all right. Can you whip out some of your London accent? No, I'm too nervous now. Don't put me on the spot. Fuck you, bitch. Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, I was in a play where we had to do British accents, so I had to learn. What was your compliment? You're very common sounding. No, no, no. I sounded poor. I had a poor sounding accent, so it worked out great for my role. <laughs> so, 
You're welcome for that. We'll just feel um, free to sprinkle it in. We'll see. To our... Okay. To your story. Well, okay. So she grew up and she actually joined the Women's Auxiliary Air Force during World War II. Oh, hot damn. Yeah. All right. She was a sergeant and served in the operations room at the Bomber Command. Oh, shit. Okay. So she's worked her way up a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. So the RAF Bomber Command controlled the RAF's bomber forces from 1936 to 1968. Oh, shit. Okay. So, so from World War Two, actually pre-World War Two. Yeah, she didn't say the whole time, but that's just a little fun fact for you. Okay. She stayed at that position until the war was over, and then she transferred into the British Army of the Rain. Okay. British Army of the Rain. That sounds very... Is that right? Rhine? Oh, maybe? sorry. British Army of the Rhine. There's an H in there. Okay. Oh, it looks like rhinoceros. That's the only reason. They posted her in Dusseldorf, where she lodged with an elder. Wow, okay. Words. I know. Well, I forgot to mention <gasps> that we also took some shots. Oh, yeah, that's of right. That fucking Irish Five cream. Farms <laughs> Irish Cream. So. Oh, it's a reoccurring thing here. Oh, god damn it. It's so we haven't had it in a long time. No, we haven't. And I just saw it. Anytime you send me to the liquor store, I'm pretty much gonna come out with a <laughs> yeah. bottle of that. It's really I yeah. looked in that my cupboard again. I should take a picture of it because it's fucking embarrassing. It's nothing but those stupid bottles because oh I gosh. wash them and keep them. You should send me a picture of them and we'll tag five farms. You'd be like, hey, <laughs> listen. Hashtag sponsorship? Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. But like, nah, bitches, we see your view. <laughs> That's a hard pass. <laughs> Michelle's kind of dumb and a bitch. <laughs> I hear she's sweaty. I don't know. <laughs> I am fucking sweaty. <laughs> so bad. Um, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Continue okay. on. Okay. So she lodged there with an elderly couple that she became close with. Hmm. So they became friends. But... Joy was from a German Jewish family, and the couple had a daughter who was a Nazi. Oh, fuck. She stayed away. Conflict of interest, if you will. While she was stationed there, they also allocated her a driver. So she had a driver. Fuck yeah. I wanted to be allocated a driver. (laughs) So with this driver, she went to different places kind of sightseeing as well while she's in the area why not why not indeed i would but during a trip to berlin her driver found out that she was from a german (gasps) jewish family and of course it turned out that he himself was a nazi motherfucker right oh did he turn her fucking in immediately well he made up a plan while he was driving her he was intentionally going to crash trying (gasps) to kill her oh my god i think he like jumped out or something mm. but she survived the crash but she did have a giant scar in her face but she was fine okay so did he like crash into a wall or something do you Can't know say what what he crashed into but yeah i think it was a tree or a wall or something like that mm. i believe cocksucker. i know right <laughs> but he was arrested and then oh he was arrested and immediately released because he's like you were just doing what we're trying to do in this country no he was arrested and then that's how they found out he was a nazi oh. nazi <laughs> um like an east coast nazis <laughs> <laughs> so she has a scar on her face but that didn't she's like okay whatever she's like fuck it 
I'm yeah. still rocking and rolling like a badass. Absolutely. So Joy then joined the British Overseas Airways Corporation, and she was one of the first women air hostesses ever. I don't know what that means. So she was like a <laughs> stewardess. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Go, Joy. So she was a hostess. Yeah, so she's flying. She's serving drinks. I don't know. So she enjoyed her job, but one day the pilot flew off course and ran out of fuel. They had to make a crash landing in Libya, and the plane broke upon impact. What? Yeah. This turn, this like <laughs> story kind of took a little more dramatic turn than it I did. expected. Yeah. So luckily, there, well, I mean, there was only one death, which was one passenger, but the whole crew and the rest of the passengers survived. They were stranded in the desert, but were rescued by the, the nomadic uh. Arab of the desert. <laughs> I'm like, uh. Yeah. So they were rescued by the nomadic Arab of the desert. So she survived an assassin attempt, words, and then she survived a plane crash. I mean, she's... That is fucking pretty hardcore. Right? So after all of this, she fell in love and married David Andrew in the 1950s. Ah, that sounds like kind of an American name. Is that what it ended up being? No? She's oh, from I London. Guess, yeah, I was going to say maybe it was an English name. Never mind. Well, he was the squadron leader in the RAF. So that oh, okay. Yeah. So he... They served together. Uh-huh. Awesome. Aww. So... Joy was now a housewife, and the couple adopted their daughter, Michelle, ah! in 1963. Probably the best daughter on earth. <laughs> Other than me, obviously. And you too, Caitlin, I guess. Thanks. <laughs> She's like, I hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no. So Joy then develops breast cancer. <gasps> what? Yeah. Hmm. But by the 1970s, she beats it. And Fuck she's yeah, cancer she free. Of course she fucking beats it. I should have I shouldn't have even been concerned right? about the cancer. Oh my gosh. So she's cancer free now. Unfortunately, her husband died in 2013 from cancer. So Aww. he did not beat it like she did. That's mm. sad. I know. Thank you for that shitty ending. Sorry. Caitlin. It's not ending. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah. Her can No, I'm sorry. I won't. <laughs> Don't. I won't. No spoilers. Unfortunately. <laughs> Cancer comes back. No, Joy develops dementia. <gasps> oh. Yeah. And her daughter moves her into a care home facility. Mm. But she lives happily there and was visited by Michelle often. Well, that's good. But on May 16th, 2020, Joy tests positive for COVID 19. God damn it. When was she born? In 20, 1920? Yeah. So she's 100 years she's old. She's 99 right now, yeah. Oh, fuck my life. Okay, continue on. <laughs> Joy was on the end-of-life care, and Michelle states she wasn't speaking, eating, or drinking. Her mm. oxygen levels were fluctuating wildly. I went in to bid my mother a final farewell. <sighs> Joy's life was in the hands of a team... Of nurse, uh, a nursing team. Michelle states, my mother survived an assassination attempt in post-war Germany by her chauffeur, chauffeur wow, chauffeur, by her driver, <laughs> <laughs> later identified as a Nazi. She survived a crash landing in the desert um, and one of BOAC's first air hostesses and was rescued by the 
Arab of the desert, and she survived <laughs> breast cancer. She certainly wasn't going to let coronavirus defeat her. Fuck yeah. So the nursing team was working and watching her levels, and they were actually shocked to see that Joy did defeat coronavirus. Fuck yeah, she did. Fuck yeah, she did. It was after months of fighting it, though. Joy was moved out of the care facility and moved in with Michelle to recover. Aww. Michelle says because of the dementia, Joy did not recognize her success, but her family has celebrated. Oh, dementia. I know. That blows. That's so hard. That is hard, mm. man. My uncle had dementia. Actually, my grandma did also. And he thought, like, he, there was rats everywhere. And, like, anytime. Oh, really? Yeah, like, crawling on his bed and stuff, Aww. and there wasn't any rats. But what a fucking thing to... Live through, like, yeah, through imagine though. and know that, think that that's there. Oh. Absolutely. That's sad. That's sad. Mm. Oh, my goodness. But her family is planning on a huge family event to celebrate her 100th birthday on November 22nd this year. Dang. 100. Right? Are you going to live to be 100? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're like, duh, bitch. Of course I'm going to be 100. Oh. <gasps> you lost your bookmark. Oh, no. I she got... just ripped it right out of her book. Dude, drunk strength. It's, just <laughs> it's a thing. Apparently, it's a real thing. I need this. I know. How are you gonna find your place? How ever? am I supposed to find my place in my notebook? Oh, oh well, you found it immediately. But <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyways, you opened right to it. I did. Okay, well, there's that. But no, seriously. Oh yeah, because you're gonna be what 112. Nailed it, Caitlin. Um, yes, you did. You say it all the time. It's true. No, I've been saying it since I was six years old. So it must be true. Me. So you're going to outlive me? It could happen. <laughs> okay. I figure Actually, I... no, because you'll be 112 before I'm 100. Okay. I'm just... <laughs> you can fuck yourself, Caitlin. <laughs> Is that true? Is that true? Yeah. How many years younger than me? I'm going to be 29 this year. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I am going to be 112 before you <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god no. you're gonna need a survival story after this one because i'm gonna right? fucking murder you <laughs> that is hard to hear i'm sorry oh well i figured my plan is okay. once i get to like 110 yeah. or so i may th rethink the 112 and just push it to like 120 or so oh shit okay yeah you know well, i figured by then you'll be able to replace anything and modern medicine man yeah you never know what's gonna happen I agreed. Okay. I'm waiting for the aliens to come down, oh, give God. us all their food repl uh, replicators and okay. all their energy shit, and then, uh, and plus their medicine. Shit. Um, okay. You know. I'm all for it. Me too. I would love to see a UFO. That'd be crazy. I know. I still want to do the whole oh, yeah. encounters of the fifth kind where we call right? a, we call a spaceship. We should do it. Call we should an do alien. it. Yeah, we should do it. Let's just ghost hunt, too. Let's just do it all in one okay, night. Okay, I will not ghost hunt. Why? I would rather it's a fucking difference. Aliens are nice. Ghosts are scary. You don't know that. Well, I like to think that they are. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of Casper the Friendly Ghost? That is true. So... That is true. Well, my story is not about a demon. Good. So <laughs> <laughs> now I kind of wish it was. Oh, I'm like fanning myself with my story. I can feel it. And and it feels good. It feels amazing. Yeah, let's hear it. Are we ready to rock and roll? Okay. I mean, Joy's a badass. That's what I said, so. She is a badass. Fucking 100. We should crash her birthday party. How awesome would that be? <gasps> that would be awesome. Oh we have to God. go to England. Let's go. Hashtag worth it. Yeah. 
Um, when? In November, November of this year? Yeah, but COVID. No one wants yeah, Americans. Like, yeah, no one wants Americans. No one wants that. Our poor little passports are not worth jack shit anymore. That's true. Where can we go? Like three countries. One's in Africa and one's Oh, I didn't in... even know. I don't even have a passport, so I wouldn't even get it by the time we would mm. have to go. All right. All right. Should we rock and roll? Yeah. Just jump right into it? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is about a story. Well, that didn't work this out. This is about a story? Yeah. Okay. We're fucking already. This is a story. Uh-huh. There it is. This is a story about Michael Alberry. Michael Alberry. Alberry, I guess. Yeah. Some. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. I'm saying it right. But um. Do you apologize? Yeah, I do apologize. Can you add that to the little thing at the end? Like (laughs) Michelle apologizes for any of her fucked up details and names, so she can't. Okay. Anyway. Well. All right. (laughs) All right. So Michael Alberry. Yes. Nailed it. Uh, he is a 12 year old Boy Scout. Oh, cute. Yeah. On March 17th, 2007, oh, okay. they he headed out camping with his troop. Okay. So, uh, we are in McGrady, North Carolina. North Carolina, all right. I said that right. So, he went out, and they were all camping, and he went to the river to sort of clean his mess kit, if you will. His so, what? His mess kit. What's so, that? it's like your plate and fork and maybe a cup, oh, you know, like... Okay. And, in fact, he hadn't even wanted to go on this camping trip in the first place. Um, I don't know. Maybe he just likes to hang out, stay home. Play those video games? Probably play those damn video (laughs) games. He's probably got Call of Duty out and calling, you know, some other, some over 40-year-old an asshole for not killing the zombie fast enough or some shit. (laughs) That maybe went off on a little bit of a tangent. Okay, so... Michael is down by the river cleaning up his mess tent, mm-hmm. and he gets this sort of impulse to just explore oh, around him a okay. little bit. So he leaves the campground area, mm-hmm. and he leaves where his friends are, and he walks for a little bit, and then almost immediately realizes that he is lost. Oh, he so he went far. Yeah, he must have gone a little bit further, but he was all turned around and just could not figure out. The woods are spooky, man. They are spooky. So um, he realized that that was the biggest mistake of his right? 12-year-old life thus far mm-hmm. is having wandered away. He was thinking he was only going to go for a little while, just a couple minutes, and then just come right back, and he could not come right back. Ooh, something was calling him, right? Yeah, well, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, okay. but the poor kid ended up just completely lost. Aww. So he um, ended up, like, it was a little while later where one of the other boys' dad, who I'm assuming is like the troop leader who took him out on the campaign, uh-huh. he saw that he was blowing his whistle and calling Michael's name, and no Michael answer. was no answer. Aww. He was nowhere to be found. Night came, and <gasps> he had still not managed to find his way back, so he sort of burrowed in and used some leaves to cover himself to kind of try to get warm, and just spent the night out <gasps> oh in the gosh. wilderness. And he actually ended up spending the next three nights <gasps> out in the wilderness. He went that far? Yeah. He or did was... he just stay in place to hope that no, someone found him? No, he out? had decided at some point, um, and it doesn't say exactly when, uh-huh. that he was going to try to find a road. Oh, okay. So he could hitchhike 
back home. Oh my god. Which gosh. ended up proceeding to get him even more lost mm-hmm. deeper in the woods and <gasps> oh. and he had almost hardly anything with him. So fortunately he had a nice warm jacket with him. That's good. But he had like a bag of potato chips and his mess kit that he had been cleaning. Mm -hmm. And that is just about it. Oh my gosh. So he was out and about and not around. No one can find him. So now enter Misha Marshall. So she had a two-year-old Shiloh Shepherd, okay. which is um, not quite like a Lassie dog, but I think a little bit like a Lassie dog. She decides she's going to go out with her dog uh-huh. and try to join the hunt for Michael. And so at this point, there has been helicopters. They've had people searching. They've dragged a nearby lake. There's no sign of Michael. So she's just like a patron wanting to help out? Yeah. She oh, okay. has um, her... Her dog has been trained for search and rescue. Oh, great. So she's ready to rock and roll. And so to tell you a little bit about this dog, she got him, she found this dog in a kennel in Tennessee when he was six six weeks old. He was a little ball of black fur with oversized feet, and he looked more like a bear cub than a puppy. But he was a gentle and laid-back bear. And so, being a big fan of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh-huh. she named him Gandalf. Aww. <laughs> so immediately, I was like, I love everything right? about this story. She goes out in the morning after kind of, like, her husband was like, nah, you're never going to find that kid. And what? she was like, uh, Gandalf and I are going to go out and we're going to make some fucking magic. So they head out in the morning, Misha and Gandalf. Okay. And they meet up with a squad of rescuers and volunteers that are going to head out um, to go try to find Michael. Again, this is day four. Oh, my gosh. So he has spent the night out in the wilderness by himself with hardly any food for three days now. Terrifying. Three nights, excuse me. And so this area, I guess, is really hard to search. It's very treacherous. So there's a waterfall that makes everything around it all mossy and super slippery. And there's all these like rock overhangs that just like fall into nothing and into all this like wild rhododendron and other wildlife or wild foliage. I don't know. (laughs) So it's just really tough. And again, no one has had any luck. And there's all these streams and things going through, and everything is just really loud. Uh So even if Michael had been calling out, they probably wouldn't have been able to hear him anyway. Mm. So even knowing how unforgiving the terrain was, they decided to send out the search team. Okay. So on the first day, they the searchers found the spilled potato chips. Aww, so they found. He spilled them. I no. know, poor thing. It's like your only food. You fucking. I would have eaten it straight <laughs> off the ground. Are you kidding me? Oh, it would have been two hours into the thing, and I'd be like, "Well, I'm in survival mode now. My rations are gone. <laughs> it's over. I'm gonna eat these potato chips <laughs> off the ground." Oh, God. But unfortunately, a um, a volunteer found them. And so they actually brought the potato chip bag back to sort of the main search, like their camp that, uh-huh. where the searchers had set up. So the dogs weren't able to get the trail from that. 
it's like I guess you are supposed to leave it undisturbed oh. and then bring the dog so they can try to figure out where Michael had gone from there. I didn't know that. But they had grabbed it, brought it back, and said, look what we found. And then they They couldn't get the scent off of that because no. they were carrying it. Yeah, oh. so it kind of unfortunately ruined the trail for the right. dogs. Dang it. Then later, they found the mess kit like 100 yards up the river. And then, again, the tracks disappeared, and they found no other sign of Michael. Oh. So they even, again, they had a helicopter out. They had a bunch of vehicles out that were flashing lights and blasting the name Michael, and nothing was coming. Wow. Okay, so Misha and her teammates arrive at the staging area around 7 a.m. on Tuesday. So, again, this is day four. Um, it's overrun with media tra- uh, trucks. There's satellite mm. dishes. It's just a giant kind of mess cluster, yeah. if you will. Red Cross food tents are there. Official vehicles were everywhere. There's just a ton of people. So they kind of brief everyone. They set up quadrants and assign the quadrants out for where people are supposed to search. And at 8 a.m., the different teams sort of head out into okay. their different quadrants. What they were able to provide is they had an unwashed T-shirt of Michael's. Oh. So they took the T-shirt and they handled it with gloves and they cut it up and they put the little pieces into a plastic bag and then they sent that with each one of the teams. So their dogs had a... So each team had a dog? Um, yes. Oh, cool. And, and so the dogs would have sort of a fresh scent. Dogs are amazing, man. Fucking aren't they? And a dog named Gandalf, you're going to be doubly amazing. <laughs> so Misha studied the picture of Michael. She wanted to lock his image in her mind and the way Gandalf would lock in his scent. Ooh. And off they went. He's ready. He is ready. So they were directed to Area 51, which apparently <laughs> was one of the steepest. Oh. So it was just really tough. Um, it was this elongated rectangle that sort of followed along a trail. Okay. So they headed up, and they had estimated that they had, like, it was 70 acres was Whoa. their area. So it wasn't a small chunk right. that they had. And now that, that 70 acres was, like, 1% of the total park. So this park is fucking huge, and Michael could be anywhere. Right. And Go at ahead. this point, the dogs are, they're expecting to find a cadaver. Oh, no. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for Michael alive. Because it's been four days. Heartbroken. I mean, and no potato chips. I know, and no potato chips. God. So, like, the most heartbreaking thing about the whole thing. Oh, I'm going to have to buy some potato chips on my way home. Okay. So, what they had decided to do was to kind of go towards the top of their area. And uh-huh. then they were sort of going to zigzag back down. Okay. So they gave Gandalf a real good sniff of the baggie with mm-hmm. the t-shirt in it. And they set on their way. They did have one girl who was, her name was Erin and she was handling the GPS and there was someone else um, along the way. Danny. He was a volunteer firefighter. So she was Misha, Erin, and Danny. Okay. So the three of them set off and Gandalf is kind of going along the trail. So he's like going back and forth and switching from side to side and sort of smelling as much area as he can Uh as they move, as they move up this very steep area that they have to search. 
So, according to the GPS, they had gone up about 5,900 feet. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, oh, my no, God. Like, uh, and that put them at the top of their assigned area. Okay. And they were like, you know what? Let's just keep looking. Let's right. just keep going up a little. What is a little bit more going to hurt? Probably a little overlap between areas wouldn't be bad. Yeah. And so, they just kept on climbing up. And so, they were climbing for another 15 minutes or so. And again, this would just be a good overlap of another area yeah. that someone else was searching. And so they felt really good. So they chose a spot about 200 yards away, crossing and recrossing Basin Creek, okay. which apparently is the creek that they found his potato chips near and his oh, okay. kit near. So Aaron was studying the GPS and Danny was busy scanning the side of the trail um, and Misha was kind of keeping her eye on Gandalf. Okay. And she saw Gandalf's head snap up all of a sudden. Ooh. But she couldn't see anything else around him. She couldn't see into the underbrush or anything. Oh. So Gandalf was about 30 yards ahead, and Misha saw him lift his head up again. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh. And so she was like, is this, is this kind it? of what we've been looking for, oh, the sign no, we've been looking right. for? And so Gandalf trotted to the left, out of sight, behind a cliff face, and Misha scrambled up the trail behind him. She turned the bend, and there, 50 yards up the ledge, in a direct line ahead of Gandalf, was a boy in a red jacket. Oh, yay! So he was dazed from hunger and fatigue, and Misha and Danny were like, Michael, is that you? Michael! Is he on a cliffside, you said? It was sort of around a cliffside. Oh, so there's all okay. these like sheer sort Drops? of. Yeah, like rock overhangs oh, and dang. stuff like that. Yeah, okay. it was just steep and rocky and shitty all the way right. around. So the boy turned silently towards him uh-huh. and Danny clambered up the steep embankment to help Michael down. Aww. Um, so they carried Michael to the bank of the little creek there and set him down next to Gandalf and asked like are you okay with dogs and he nodded and he's like well this is Gandalf and Gandalf obviously loves you so Gandalf was like trying to nuzzle him and do all kinds of things oh my heart I know so they they contacted base camp they fed Michael a few peanut butter crackers when he set the rest of the crackers down and Gandalf ate them Almost immediately. Gandalf's been working hard, too. Yeah, I did a good job. I deserve this. That's exactly right. Treat yourself. Michael asked, is a helicopter... Helicopter... I can talk. Oh, my God. Same. (laughs) Is a helicopter coming to get me? I'd like a chopper ride. And they're like, nah. (laughs) Actually, the terrain was too rough for a helicopter to come in. You gotta walk, kid. Yeah. Actually, so rangers came in and Uh they actually carried him back. Oh, he's so tired. Yeah, he is tired. Um, And I guess the whole time Gandalf was like struggling against his leash because he just wanted to stay next to Michael. Oh, my God. Like the whole time. Ah. Yeah, she um, had never seen him act like that, but I guess he was doing a little bit of gloating. It's a term for dogs oh, where really? he's obviously proud of himself and is like tromping back and forth and just is feeling it's like, awesome. look what I did, look what I did. I got some peanut butter crackers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Michael ended up safe. He was dehydrated, hungry, exhausted, and freezing. I bet. He did have first degree uh, frostbite. <gasps> and Yeah. Really? It was, it was, there was still snow on the ground. This is in March oh. in North Carolina. 
And so even though during the day it got up to 50 at uh-huh. night, it was below freezing. So oh my it was just gosh. fucking freezing. Oh. Um, it took a couple of weeks for the feeling to return to his toes. Um, but oh. after a short stay in the hospital, he was discharged in good health. And okay. So what turns out is what helped him survive is he covered himself up with leaves every night. He was not able to like find a cave or somewhere to sit in. Or to kind of camp down in. So he uh-huh. was pretty much out in the open, but covered himself in leaves and sucked on icicles at night to keep himself hydrated. Wow. Uh, he had done his wilderness training right. <laughs> through the Boy Scouts. Yeah, so exactly. had some wherewithal on how yeah. to keep himself alive. He knows now that kind of his biggest mistakes were not staying in one spot oh. and not making more noise and things to sort of attract attention to himself. Okay. I imagine if I ever got lost, I think I would do as much damage to everything around me as I possibly could if I was going to walk in a certain direction. Absolutely. So people could be like, oh shit, Michelle was here because obviously there's a lot of destruction. Yeah. <laughs> right here. I like to think because of this podcast, I've learned a lot of survival techniques. You know it is a but, true story. <laughs> I don't know. I told Nick if I'm lost in the woods, just give up. I mean, I don't know. I'll send Goosey out. Are you there kidding? You no, go. Goosey wouldn't save you. It would Aww, probably be it'd probably Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> it would be Charlie. Goose would be like, uh, well, she's dead. Right. Maybe give me some pets while we're here. <laughs> um, and try to be like, where's my love? I know. Let's find her. Yeah. Let's find her right now. Aww. And she yeah. would find you and put her muzzle directly down your throat the second she found <laughs> Probably. you. Probably. And you would Aww. open your eyes and Charlie's face would just be right there. Aww. Ugh. I can survive. I just don't like, I don't like the forest at night. You just don't know what's out there, especially with like people, animals. It's just scary, I've seen man. fucking Snow White. That shit <laughs> comes to life and it's very scary at night. That's a hard pass. Ugh. So... Mike, uh, Michael is very thankful to Gandalf, despite uh-huh. the fact that he ate some of his peanut butter crackers. <laughs> and he hopes to never get lost again. Oh. No, I guess he was pretty desperate for a while. Uh, his dad said later in an interview that he was praying just to die so he could go to heaven. <gasps> oh, he was so miserable oh and alone. And I know, poor Michael. That's but the saddest thing. Gandalf saved him. Gandalf oh. had a little magic in him. Right. And fucking save the day. Wow. Well, I guess his training as, you know, a Boy Scout is was useful. No, it was. For sure. It was super useful, as it turned out. Wow. <gasps> well, good for Michael. Good for Gandalf. I know, Gandalf, I love you so much. Adorable. Gandalf saves the day. Oh, I don't have a picture. I was like, maybe I've got a picture, but I don't. Oh, I do. There's Gandalf right there. Oh, Gandalf. Oh. Picture of him. I know. He has such a long snout. I know. He does so have cute. a little bit. Is that He's, Michael? Yeah. There's oh. Michael there. I think that's Misha. So sweet. So, uh, Adorable. Misha's husband did say that she would never, he would never doubt Gandalf again. Oh, that's so, right. Right in his motherfucking face. Right? <laughs> well, that's adorable. Uh. That's a good story. So we had some badasses this week. We did man. have some badasses. A badass Boy Scout, a badass dog, and a badass joy. That's for sure. Mm. That's for goddamn sure. And some badass drinks that are Ooh, gone. They are gone. That I, went fast. All right. Well, let's finish this off because I'm sweating like no other. I want to fucking die, Caitlin. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, oh. Well, you yeah, Nick, brought me to hell. I know. Nick keeps telling me, like, every day, he's like, I know I keep saying this, but next year we're going to get an AC unit. 
I'm not we just have to. It. Actually, I do have an AC unit. What? I should give it to you. And... Why don't you use it? Oh, we just haven't put it in the oh window. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll make you more enjoyable for our podcast. You've been a bitch this whole time, and I can't even handle it. <laughs> no. No, that's what you need. Is one of those like little portable ones. Like, yeah. Just you can move it from room to room. Absolutely. You can get it all nice and cool before I come in here. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. God, I can't wait for winter. I know. I'm, I don't mean that at all. I love summer, I but it is fucking hot. <laughs> I miss the rain. I love the rain. Mm. I wish it would rain every day. I'm weird, but... Agreed. Ugh. <laughs> I love the smell of the, like, the freshness. I don't know because I've had asthma or something, but when it rains, like I can breathe outside. Like It's like a... It probably dampens <gasps> all of the allergens probably. that are floating around in the air all the time. And I could just stand in it. I just love, I don't know. It's refreshing. Mm. Anyways, love the rain. I, my favorite, since you talked about your favorite. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> is when it's warm out, but there's a breeze. Okay. So a nice, warm, so like 80 and breezy. Uh-huh. Oh, that is my very favorite. All right. Like late afternoon and your hair sort of just all flies up because it's nice and breezy. It just, I burn like within five minutes of being outside. Bitch, do you see? I'm like red as we spoke. A little bit, but I mean you tan. That's true. I don't. I just. Look at that golden tan. Yeah, you look nice. <laughs> I'm just a white mess. All right. All right. So uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now. You can go to our website, I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now.com. You can even email us at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now at gmail.com and tell us a survivor story of yourself. And we'll put it on the podcast. And I know my brother was asking when I was going to tell a story about him. He oh, like, maybe he had a good survival that story. That motherfucker, he was like recounting all of his survival shit. Oh and God, it's a lot. He even had open heart surgery. That little motherfucker. Oh, yeah. He's stressful. I don't know. You say a story every time we have a podcast, and this is our 59th, I mean, our 49th episode. Did I tell a story this time? Not really. Not really. Look at not. me go. I felt like I should have probably told a maybe. Lord of the Rings story or um, something. Yeah. All right. Not this time. No. Next time, I guess. Yes. All right. I'll regale you with uh, one of my amazing personal stories. Okay. We'll, t- <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Okay, goodbye. Bye.